let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable M's Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands. My name is Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this episode is something a little bit different. It's kind of a bonus episode in that it's a collection of recordings I've made over the past couple of weeks in response to some episodes of My Rules Are Better, the gaming podcast out by Tom Barbelay. Now Tom is one of the people working on Alluvial Plains with myself, Barney Dicker of Loco Ludus and Dave Sermon. And uh, well, a few weeks ago now, we had a little play test of a scenario devised by Barney Dicker. It was a very interesting session and I think quite illuminating for both me and Tom, and probably Barney too, no doubt. Tom had some thoughts regarding uh, how he felt the session went, and he put out a bonus episode called Being a Player Again. And listening to that, I found it provoked a few thoughts in me about how I played in that session. And I thought I would put those thoughts into an episode myself. Now, I didn't put them in the previous episode because essentially I had enough going on there already. And before I could release the recording I'd made, Tom released a subsequent episode entitled My Response to My Response, which led to a me exchanging some thoughts with him on Discord, which led to another episode addressing something that I'd asked him in that conversation. And this in turn provoked further thoughts from me. It made sense to put those together in an episode. In an attempt to keep things focused, I thought I would uh, combine those recordings here. I also know that Tom has taken on the Herculean task of listening to my back catalogue. I'm not sure that he's gone all the way back to the beginning. I think he's specifically going back to listen to episodes related to the alluvial plains. And I know Tom's raised an issue in the past with the, the nature of my podcast in that a lot of listener feedback and reflecting on conversations that are occurring in other podcasts within the sort of anchor role-playing community. That can be a little daunting for the uninitiated, hearing all these different voices referring to things I'd said in previous episodes. It can be somewhat convoluted, certainly for a new listener. So in light of that, I will not be sharing any messages I've received here, 
in an attempt to keep the episode focused on replying to Tom's My Rules Are Better episode. Now, I would recommend that you go and listen to those bonus episodes that Tom has put out recently in the last few weeks. But I also hope that this makes sense in its own right. So, without further ado, let's get on with it. I hope this is loud enough. I've got my daughter asleep on my lap. I'd intended to talk about a session of alluvial planes I was involved in, well, about three weeks ago now, actually. I struggled to find the opportunity, and I've only just remembered that I was was going to talk about it. But I've played in a few other games since then, and it sort of slipped my mind. But... um, it was an interesting experience. It was run by Barney Dicker of Loco Ludus. And I was playing with Barney's son and Tom Barbelay of My Rules Are Better. Tom actually put out a podcast the day after we played, uh, reflecting on on his experience of the session. And it, it was it was an interesting listen. It was an interesting session because... Well, Tom talks about how he felt quite, I think it's fair to say, frustrated, at least with the first half of the game. He talks about the fact that he hasn't hasn't been in a game as a player for quite some time. He felt he was a little out of practice there. And, well, this being a game run by Barney Dicker, things were not as they initially appeared shall we say this led to some frustration for tom and uh yes it didn't go unnoticed and then tom talks about remembering that we're playing a game that we are (laughs) meant to be having fun and he relaxed into it and embraced it for what it was you'd be better off hearing that from Tom, so uh, please do go and check out his episode um, called Being a Player Again. But it got me reflecting on how I am as a player and how I responded uh, to things. Essentially, the, the setup was that me, Tom, and Barney's son were all playing young men who were representing their own individual tribe and it was essentially a competition to to determine who would control an area of forest and um yeah so it was kind of it was like a, a ceremonial thing where we each entered the forest and we were, we were going in to collect uh, some items, some eggs, actually. And we each, each one of us had a different egg that we were looking for. And it was basically, as I interpreted it, a race against time, against each other. First to find the egg and return would be the winner, the champion. And we were we were given weapons, but we were also given modified weapons for if if we uh, came up against each other because it was it was agreed that there would be 
non-lethal combat between us if if you know if it came to to blows we were all entering into a type of terrain that we were unfamiliar with and um i yeah i i approached it as a competition i was going to get in and out as quickly as possible and um i i figured that we probably we might encounter some wildlife perhaps would that would be the the main challenge while we were in there so i i arrived and dashed off straight into the forest bonnie's son took a, a much more sort of leisurely approach um his first impulse was to create a camp set up a camp in the woods and Tom's character, well, I think he, he encountered a boar, killed the boar, and decided that he was going to use it for a feast in the hope of attracting us to basically sit and eat together. And it was, it was established that we all knew each other. We had interacted with each other as we were growing up. We're all of a sim similar age and we're all on good terms with each other. And this was essentially, as I understood it, like a sporting event. However, I do feel that I was alone in my feeling of competitiveness, shall we say. For the other two, it seemed that this was a bit of a hoot. My character took the event a bit more seriously. The trouble was that there were certain individuals in the woodland who were hostile to our presence. And that came as a bit of a shock to Tom when he found his character was under attack. And... Yeah, he was really quite put out by this, given the pretense that this was kind of a bit of friendly competition. Yeah, so uh, Tom's character came under attack and began calling out for help. My character started off being quite single-minded, but hearing his friend in distress decided to change his course, change his tact, the understanding that this was a non-lethal competition and here was a friend, clearly a calling out in pain. So I went to intervene and, you know, I came up against the same uh, resistance. Barney's son, on the other hand, came across a map which led him to the area where the eggs were. And he was greeted with a very different reception. I could hear Tom's frustration as a player. And I was just thinking about what motivated me to run to his aid. You know, because there was something going on there that was beyond the in-game events. And I guess in a way I wanted to demonstrate that he wasn't being singled out. Whether that changed the way Tom felt about how things were playing out, I don't know. 
But um, I think it, it made sense within the context of the game as well. I just just had me reflecting on my own impulses as a player wanting to kind of smooth things over in a way, address that frustration that kind of seemed to be escalating because I think Barney was surprised at how Tom was choosing to react to being under fire which was essentially with a sense of indignation you know that something was being transgressed this agreed ceremony was compromised and I don't really want to I don't know maybe I have spoiled the scenario I don't want to go into any further details but Barney's son won the competition and my character and Tom basically called it a day and hobbled off back out of the forest yeah at the end of the day it was a really interesting session and certainly led to the creation of a situation that I think we'd all like to revisit at some point. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to share my thoughts about that. I may be way off, and uh, Tom's welcome to put me straight. Um, I think it's fair to say I, I've played in a lot of Barney's games, and, um, you know, throwing a curveball in is um, certainly something that Barney enjoys doing but yeah that's uh, that's all I wanted to say there following on from that Tom released another episode entitled my response to my response where he expressed the desire he, he said he was um, having a conversation with somebody whose name slips my mind apologies um, but they were talking about how D&D isn't really D&D anymore now that's kind of a you know I'm aware that that's something that's talked about quite a lot it's an ongoing conversation and it's not necessarily something that I want to get into here because I'm not sure that I feel too strongly either way about that in fairness to Tom, he points out that it's very much uh, a matter of how one chooses to run their game rather than which particular rule set they're using when it comes to creating something that he he regards as a, a classic D&D session. Now, this got me thinking about what is classic D&D because... Well, just recently, just recently, I was having a chat with Safer Fantasy Crafting on Twitter, where the 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 subject of an article that I spoke about a while ago. Uh, this was a blog post by retired adventurer entitled "The Six Cultures of Play," where where they um, explore six different perceived play styles, shall we say. So you've got classic, trad or traditional, Nordic LARP, story games, the OSR, and OC or Neo-Trad, 
Now, I'm not going to go into defining any of those. I will include a link to the blog post if you want to look into that. Um, I'll only say that it's one of the best descriptions of the OSR that I think I've seen so far. And I, yeah, I don't want to get into defining that. Yeah, Safer mentioned that I brought this article to his attention because we were talking about um, where well, it was me, Safer Fantasy Crafting, and Rob, aka Menion of the Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy podcast, were kind of talking about the fact that we came to the hobby at the tail end of what Safer termed the the first generation and early to mid 80s was the point where the second generation began to develop so that first generation kind of tied into the definition of classic D&D the second generation kind of ties in with trad D&D so I'm going to I'm going to talk about that classic type of D&D and what I kind of think it means what I am presuming Tom is referring to when he says he'd like to play in a player game in a more sort of classic style. I will, I will try and talk about that without using the word traditional because obviously that's going to confuse matters because trad refers to a different style of play. This more sort of grand narrative approach. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in a game run by Griff Mon Morgan III, uh, the man responsible for the Secrets of Blackmore documentary. And um, we played in Tonigsborg. And that I think that really captured what I think about when I think of classic D&D. So basically a ragtag bunch of adventurers outside a dungeon full of challenges, traps, puzzles, encounters, if not hostile, certainly either belligerent or very misleading ones, and rewards in the shape of treasure or just the satisfaction of knowing that you were able to get out of there alive. And um, got me thinking about what brought me to gaming text adventures, the adventure game on TV, which was like an escape room type program, and um, World Fighting Fantasy game books, which are certainly those earlier books present um, the dungeon as kind of a fantastical place where you've got a series of different rooms inhabited by different creatures that don't appear to have ever interacted with each other. That kind of sort of mythical dungeon approach. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's all I've got to say about that. Just uh, It just got me wondering about what I think of when I think of classic D&D. So this is uh, an addendum, really, an addendum, an addendum to an addendum. Um, after recording the previous section, I happened to mention to Tom on Discord that his episode had provoked some thoughts that I would be exploring in my podcast. And uh, 
And his episode had led to me thinking on the nature of, you know, what constitutes classic D&D. And he put out an episode in response to that, effectively. But what was interesting is that his influences encompassed the British scene. So for those who may not be aware of that, early D&D material was first distributed in the UK by Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson of Fighting Fantasy fame became the main distributors of early D&D stuff, you know, TSR material. They would essentially go on to become Games Workshop, were responsible for giving us Citadel Miniatures, White Dwarf, Warhammer were all born out of that. Subsequently, the creation of Warhammer fantasy role-playing. So that kind of brings things around quite nicely and uh, surprised me that that sort of gritty, anarchic aesthetic was very much a part of what Tom thinks of as classic D&D. So that was, that was very interesting to listen to. And that episode is entitled No Nappies. I urge you to go and check that out as I really enjoyed listening to that. We've kind of come full circle there. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, Tom, for creating that episode. Cheers. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off The Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.